0: Here we go. Today, we strike back at artificial intelligence. Hollywood is on strike. AI is at the heart of so much of it. We look at the future of AI, the way it is shaping movies, television, comic books, and music. Experts in the field have weighed in. They are sounding the alarms on the shape and application That the studios are looking to utilize this technology. So, where do we go from here? We tackle this and so much more on an all new episode of RobServations. Hey, everybody, welcome to another edition of RobServations. I'm your host. Rob Liefeld. I have been making the comic books for 37 years, approaching 38 years. I love making comics. I have loved comics since I was a wee lad, a seven-year-old child pulling those comic books off those spinner racks. I have a spinner rack in my office. It has all the comic books that are on the spinner rack back in 1974, 1975, just so I can feel like I'm seven years old walking into the liquor store all over again each and every morning each and every single day I love my spinner rack I have a backup spinner rack and I have a backup spinner rack spinner rack two of which are not in the home but they are in the garage and they also have comic books on them so I'm surrounded by spinner racks reminders of how I fell in love with comic books man I I read a a comment from a guy the other day that, that said I had a special shelf made because I I, I think those spinner racks are silly. And fifty uh, six year old Rob wanted to crash through the screen that divides me and the social media culprit who 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 said this and wanted to smack him and uh, and go take back what you said about the spinner rack you, and and your shelf doesn't look anywhere near it doesn't look anywhere near as good as this old spinner rack now I'm, I'm a spinner rack also um i'm kind of a spinner rack purist they've made new like wide you know newfangled um uh, technologically advanced spinner racks and i'm not here for those i want the old creaky one i just did a look over my shoulder i mean this is this is the one that you would find you know, in the, in the, in, in the Seven Eleven, in the comic, um, section of the liquor store. Yes, the liquor store had the best comic section. Long time listeners will know this. So anyway, I love comics. I love making comics. Currently, I'm going to tell you this right off the top of the bat. I'm making a comic book that's coming out on June 7th. My latest effort, uh, my follow-up to X-Force Killshot, which was a follow-up to my Deadpool nerdy 30, uh, Deadpool 30th Anniversary Contributions, which was a follow-up to Snake Eyes G.I. Joe, which was a follow-up to Major X, which was a follow-up to Deadpool Bad Blood. Yeah, I've been doing comics. And that's just, that's just from 2017. I am obsessed with making comics still. I will die making comics. I I, I love them. I love the storytelling uh mechanism of comic books. I love, I love turning the page, page turns, cliffhangers. Um, the wild designs you can do with the page. But I have a new comic book coming out, Deadpool, Batter Blood, number one, launches ships. It'll be in your stores uh, the week of June 7th, the day of June 7th. It is the sequel to Deadpool, Bad Blood, which we were really fortunate enough to top the charts with back in 2017. You guys showed up and and you bought out a $25 uh, graphic novel. Since then, Marvel has uh, serialized that. They cut it up into five Uh, different bite-sized pieces in 2022 one year ago with new covers and we added new pages but this is the legit sequel picking up on many of the threads in deadpool bad blood and continuing my big impetus for even doing bad blood and Bad blood was to create a wider range of villains and a rogues gallery for deadpool that is sorely missing did you know that for years in the, early, in the early 2000s, what do we call those? The aughts? They were giving Deadpool, Howard the Ducks, villains. And I was like, what has happened? Why is Dr. Bong? Um, I, I don't know if you're sure of Dr. Bong. If it's Mr. Bong, you know, whatever. No, he doesn't. Um, you know, it, it's not one of those bongs. He's got a bell for a head, okay? He has a bell for the forehead at the end of this episode. If I'm wrong, I will, I will correct. But Dr. Bomb has a gold bell for his head and a giant gold ball. And he bongs his head. It's ridiculous. It came from Howard the duck. I thought it was funny when I was nine years old reading Howard the duck. But anyway, uh, Deadpool has a kind of a borrowed rogues galleries. And, and you know what we love about so many of these characters, Spider-Man and bed Batman. And I, I we, we can argue, you know, till the sun goes down who has the better rogues gallery, but these are great rogues gallery. And then the Fantastic Four is actually going to walk in the door and say, why are you arguing over Spider-Man and Fantastic Four? We have the best rogues gallery. We have the tops. Dr. Doom and Galactus and Annihilus and Blastar and Mole Man, they hang with us, okay? So anyway, my passion for comics is fairly well known. I started this podcast out of abject loneliness during the pandemic that gripped us all, and it's just turned into this crazy thing. I want to tell you one thing about, uh, my podcast uh, that, 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 um, I, I have envy for all other sports podcasts. They get every day. They have something new to talk about every day. Somebody did something crazy in sports, some goalie, you know, deflected the, the, the winning shot, some, uh, quarterback threw for, for record breaking, you know, uh, yards, uh, you know, and, 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 a lot of it is stats and, and boy we're going to we're going to maybe maybe go back into how stats ruin sports it ruined baseball it ruined basketball it's currently threatening to ruin football and, and it has to do with computers and 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 if and if you didn't uh understand already uh today is about the future of AI. We touched on it a couple of weeks ago, but we're 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 going to circle back and we're going to talk about it. So yeah, I'm 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 envious that, that that these guys can boot up every day and talk about something crazy. But in the long term, Deadpool batter Blood. I mean, I had a I had a a pivot to a pivot to a pivot, and you thought I lost it, but here I am. I'm landing the plane. Deadpool batter Blood number one comes out June seventh continues many of the threads from Deadpool Bad Blood. I wrote it. I drew it. My buddy Chad Bowers scripted it over my story. And uh, I think you're going to dig it. And, 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 and an amazing, an amazing artist named J. David Ramos colored it, uh, made it look so pretty and beautiful. And I hope you get it. I'm going to do a, st- a store signing, my only store signing in a year, my only personal appearance coming out of the cave, going to a store in in Tustin, Tustin Tunes and Toys. You're like this isn't how Rob has formatted the show before. I know I'm I'm all over the place today. I am literally all over the place, uh, but it's fun. It's, uh, we are just uh, we are just riding by the seats of our pants or our los pantalones. Now here's the deal the uh, the signing is in June 10th, the weekend uh, Sat- Saturday, June 10th, and uh, I'll be there at Comics, Tunes, and Toys signing one free copy of Deadpool Batter Blood. To anyone who purchases uh, my cover, I will sign it. I will be happy to sign it for free. I just want you to check it out. I want to thank you for reading my comics. Thank you for reading my comics for all these years. And thank you for listening to this podcast and getting back to the subject in hand of the podcast. We're talking about the future of AI again, because um, not only is it topical, it's really the thing that I'm finding myself talking about with so many other of my friends, my family, uh, and and uh, and, my, and my peers, and we're gonna we're gonna give some thoughts on on what's happened even since the last time we brought it up, where it felt impending. It felt like you know AI is knocking on the door, and and I'm I'm gonna tell you I, I you know I'm just one of you know how many hundreds of thousands of millions of people who are putting their thought into this. Interestingly enough. It was this weekend that I've never seen so many people on social media say, "I'm banning you if you uh, post AI images." Artists, fans, I'm tired of seeing AI images. I'm going to ban you. I'm going to block you. I'm sorry. They they apologize in advance. So there is is a growing backlash, but it's on people's minds. It's definitely on people's minds. And again, getting back to the sports of it all. And I and 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 the one way I can dovetail this right into. Uh, into this podcast is, you know, uh, we are currently in the NBA finals. So if you ever pick this up and, and you're listening to this after a random binge, you're like, Hey, this is the 2023, like NBA Eastern. It's, it, it's almost the NBA finals. We aren't there yet. It starts in a couple of days, but we, we've been in the the conference finals, uh, the Denver Nuggets swept the Lakers. My, 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 my team, the, the, my favorite sports club of all time, since I was a wee lad was there when magic Johnson was drafted in all the way through up until present, but Denver uh, dispatched uh, the Lakers very quickly, but we've got this incredible dogfight fight going on. Uh, the, the, the alphas that are the Celtics and the alphas that are Miami are, are are going to a game seven, three and three. They've won Miami one, three straight Boston one, three straight. Now what's, what's the, what's the deal? How is this, how is this, you know, uh, relate to, to AI? Well, what I said earlier about stats just a, just a few minutes ago about stats and statistics. Now they ruin things. Uh, there's a guy named John Hollinger. He decided in the early two thousands, he was going to break everybody down. And I, I swear to you as a longtime listener, he just wanted to create a metric that he could drag Kobe Bryant on. This guy had the hard on of all hard ons for Kobe Bryant. He was a, uh, and he turned his regular column, uh, into a, a job as a general manager for the Memphis Grizzlies. And he was so bad that they fired him. So, so, so he, he took this statistical engine and, uh, that he created in the per and literally the per PR and, 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 and he basically wanted to using his computer, using his computer, his, his, his tools at hand, he created metrics. How long have you touched the ball? The seconds, the minutes, how many how many how long were you standing in the in in, the, in in this spot on the court I mean it is exhausting and to me I'm like yeah that doesn't that doesn't account for human uh unpredictable human nature unpredictable human acts of greatness because the game seven that is going to be played between Miami Heat and the Boston Celtics is happening as a result of an incredible uh athletic instinctual, and, and, and some would say lucky, but, but the guy swooped in, put himself in that position. I don't think it's luck. I think it's luck that the ball bounced the way it did after Marcus Smart tried to hit a three with only three seconds left. It rimmed out, but Derek White rose up and he tipped that ball in right as, right as, right as the light was, um, was turning red to, to, uh, to completely uh end the game and end their season. And instead, instead, Derek White saved the Celtics in, entire season. And and right now, as if I were to Google, Derek Derek White's heroic, how how the Celtics stole game six hero Derek White uh in one of the best uh deadline savers, Unsung Hero to Forever Hero. Derek White's miracle shot what the computers don't take into uh, into it advanced it, it uh, again uh, what the computers don't take into uh, into account excuse me into account uh, another one Derek White's miracle putback uh, look he did it no stat could tell you that he was going to be in that place at that time and do that that's the that's that's what we call intangibles and sports are great because of intangibles and and AI and computers can spit out statistics, they can imitate work. Um, but they are not they are not gonna bring to you the intangibles. Derek White, there is no John Hollinger P E R per that's gonna, you know, again, he got he got canned from being a general manager because some guy was like, Look at this guy, you know, um <clears throat> changing everything and they're like life at life This started with the Oakland A's, this started with Moneyball, yes. And John Hollinger took the, I said, baseball, first stats came for baseball, then they came for basketball and Hollinger took all of that, all of, of the quote unquote money ballness uh, and, and applied it ruthlessly, I might add to, 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 uh, to basketball. And he started basically, you were only as good as your stats and something like a Robert Ori, you know, another miracle shot. a a shot that benefited the Lakers and kept their season alive. Almost going to go down three, one instead tie up two, two. You can't compel. You, you cannot, cannot, uh, you know, account for that. Now what Billy bean did, for the Oakland A's, which was depicted, you know, in, in Moneyball so brilliantly. And I remember my super baseball head friends, my super duper baseball head friends. Yes, the Jay brothers. They were blown away by what was going on in the early 2000s with Moneyball, with Billy Bean. Billy Bean was on the Jim Rome show. He was on the Dan Patrick show. I, I, I listened to a lot of sports radio and and he was breaking it down how he helped take his team from, you know, this miserable position to contention, contention, contention. And, and he did it. By, by changing what he was looking for in terms of performance from each player. Well, in the NBA, it suddenly became why your guy that you think is so great is not so special. And here's the numbers to back it off. And this is why, statistically, this guy is better than this guy. Look, this guy is better than this guy does not account for intangibles. Robert Ori, intangibles, Derek White. We're playing a Game 7 now. We are all going to enjoy a Game 7 because Derek White, and there is no statistic that could account for the fact that he would run in from inbounding the ball, find himself under the post, and be there for that, and, and, and find his arm up through the, the 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 crowd of bodies crashing, tip it in, boom, and 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 give the Celtics a victory, propelling them into a game seven. Incredible. That can't be uh, determined by a computer, a spreadsheet, stats, none of it. So AI has again uh, become a bigger deal. Than, than than when we last left it. There is a writer strike in Hollywood right now, a writer's strike going on in Hollywood. The same people that wrote all of the favorite, most genius works that 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 you love are on the are, are on the picket line. They are walking the picket line. The the writers guild wants not only better pay from streaming, but right as things started to creep towards the deadline for the actual strike, AI blew up, chat GTP and uh and this ability to have computers write things is now a giant central, huge component of the strike, a huge uh, divide between the studios and the writers. And look, people are, you see it, you see it on, on, on social media. Hey man, I wrote a script last night with, with, with chat, you know, it doesn't matter. With with AI, you wrote it with a computer. You you asked a computer to do this. The, the, a guy gave a commencement speech, speech, right? My wife showed. Hey, you see this guy gave a commencement speech, and it's revealed that he had the computer write it the night before. So people are really experimenting with drawing of AI, which we've seen, and they are experimenting with uh, now writing. And and look, I, I'll give you a, I'll give you some nightmare scenarios. Uh, studios are going to buy best selling books written by uh, you know humans best-selling novels, so the human still has a purpose, write a novel, the studio will buy it, they will feed that novel into the computer and say, screenplay this best-selling book for me. They just save themselves, you know, maybe a million dollars in terms of the option uh, and 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 the, uh, because they're just going to buy the book and, and, and not hire the big expensive screenwriter who's going to do three passes, hand it off to the next writer who's going to do another pass, and then the guy who's going to polish that version. That's millions of dollars. I had a friend. I had a friend who was a literally like he got a million dollars a weekend. I kid you not, I'm not making that up. I had a friend, I was at his house, I was there when he got the call to contribute to one of the big Hollywood blockbusters. And he got 48 hours to do a dialogue pass. They just wanted him to clean up some dialogue. And they said, you know, they're giving you your rate. Right, they're seven figures, you know, what we all what we asked for. And my buddy's like, you know what? Send me the script. I'll read it. I'll look it over, and I'll t- I'll, I'll 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 let you know. He goes, they, they need to know tonight, and he's like, send it over because we were wrapping up. We were at the end of our kind of hang time, and he was going to look it over and decide if he was going to pull the trigger for a forty-eight hour dialogue pass. Super successful guy. Seen a ton of his work, and uh, and and I mean that that's kind of what Hollywood is is used to. Now imagine they buy the new hot. Novel and what they do is they go to the agents and they say, Hey, what do you got on deck? What do you think is going to be the next Harry Potter? So I don't want to buy it at Harry Potter prices. I want to buy it at maybe it's a Harry Potter price. I don't want to buy it when it's topping the charts. I want to see it. So manuscripts get, get shopped around. The book agents then determine, Hey, I think this is going to go the distance. I think this is going to maybe it's an autobiographical thing. Maybe it's a new new work of fiction, a new fantasy world. They buy it. Boom. So now they've gotten it at the cheapest price they possibly can, and. Uh, they're selling it to a studio. And so, so the studio is buying it from the book agent and, and it's, it's, it's at the cheapest price possible. They're gonna, they're going to go give it to the new upgrade of chat GTP, and, uh, and, and get themselves a screenplay that's ready to go. And then they're going to go to a guy and say, hey, polish this, we'll pay you a six figure fee, which is a giant savings for them. Uh, and, uh, and, and, and have you, uh. You know, and 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 we'll give it to to some. We're gonna feed it to Chat GPT, and have them spit it out, and then we'll have a guy polish it for a hundred thousand dollars. And there's gonna be a line out the door to be that polished guy. If you don't think that that other guy is gonna under undercut that other guy, then then you have not worked in the arts, okay? Because there's always a guy. There is always a guy. Just like there are scabs who are gonna play. Uh, games for the Rams and all the NFL teams during the the you know player strike. There's always guys who are like, "Hey man, I can justify, you know, undercutting this, doing this." I have been told, you know, that they're gonna get same same idea. Get those novels. Get those uh, new new you know potentially big best selling books that are gonna hit the zeitgeist. Don't you love that word zeitgeist? What a fun word. And they're going to then give it to one writer and say, you use chat GPT to give us an entire season based on this and run writer's rooms. And and trust me, these these conversations are not being made up on this podcast. These are happening. I'm telling you, this is the kind of stuff that people are talking about. And it is a way for which the the studios to save money. And potentially, if, if that happens on 10 projects, for each studio. And I mean, again, you're you're looking at savings of hundreds of millions of dollars, but the person who has the most interesting take on what's going on in the AI space is none other than Justine Bateman. We grew up, my generation grew up with Justine playing Mallory on family ties. She was, uh, Michael Keaton, Michael J. Fox was who played Michael Keaton. Sorry, Alex Keaton, caught myself Alex P Keaton. Michael J Fox played Alex P Keaton. And Mallory was his sister. Justine Bateman was hilarious. Her brother uh has gone on to arguably more a more prolific career. Justine got off the the the, the train, uh, decided she wanted to do other stuff rather than play the actress game. So Mallory on family ties, sister to Alex P Keaton. Got my Michaels. It, it, I was sitting here going, Michael Keaton is the guy that plays Batman. And you talked about him in a recent podcast. So immediate course correct. But we saw Mallory, Family Ties, I believe was the number two show, number one in its time slot, but it was the number two show for several years. It followed, um, you know, it was it was it was paired for years with the Cosby show, but then it became so so popular, they gave it its own night to anchor its own line of programming. And just, uh, Mallory was huge character in our living rooms each and every week. We loved her. She was super cool. She was funny. She was cynical. Um, again, her brother, Justin, uh, (laughs) her brother, Jason Bateman, uh, has been entertaining us for, for just as long on, on, was it Rhoda's family? Uh, and, and then, and then Teen Wolf 2, T-O-O and all manner of, of, of different, uh, shows growing up as, as a teen actor. And then he becomes this brilliant producer, writer, director, giving us stuff like Ozark. And if you haven't seen Ozark, please, please course correct. It is not whatever you think Ozark is. That's keeping you from watching it. It's better. It's, it's better than succession. I said it. Yes, it's better. Um, um, literally Laura Linney and, and Jason Bateman are frightening as, um, I mean, they, they, they spiral into this basically criminal enterprise, and you have to see it. Ozark is fantastic. It is gripping. It, 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 it might be combined. My wife and I are our favorite show of the last 10 years. Anyway, the Bateman family is super talented. They've been around. They know their stuff. Justine Bateman. She has shared. And you may have read this. It, 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 it was going around. She has an incredibly informative Twitter feed. And she talks about AI. I'm going to share this with you because this is the craziest stuff. Because the Actors Guild is about to strike following the Writers Guild and the Directors Guild. Everyone is kind of in a position of striking. And eventually you're going to get uh, probably a temporary just shutdown of every single operation. There are movies that are being shot right now because the scripts were done. I know a producer buddy of mine who they had to have every single script for their third season wrapped up and handed in uh, before the deadline of May 1st. It had to be in, you know, last day of April, handed into the studio, um, notes, back and forth, clearances, uh, it, it, all that had to be done in advance. Here it is, final product, so they could go and shoot the third season. But all that's going to be disrupted when the actors strike and the directors strike. And it's going to be over the same issues, pay, streaming, and, uh, and, and artificial intelligence. So this is what Justine Bateman Wrote about just about a couple of weeks back. And it got passed around. It's been passed around. Justine Baton, you know her best as Mallory from Family Ties. SAG actors, I want to talk to you about AI and how it will affect you. I am a former SAG board member and former SAG negotiating committee member. I'm also WG, w, WGA Writers Guild and DGA Directors Guild. And here she goes. She says, as a coder and someone with a computer science degree. Okay. Justine Bateman didn't step off, you know, Hollywood, uh, because she was frustrated. She's wanted, she's extremely bright, wanted more, could offer more. I mean, when she says I'm a coder, you know, I have a computer science degree. I, I bow that that's, that's superior in, 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 in regards to, um, the science and the degrees that I am capable of and have interacted with or possess, She says, as a coder and someone with a computer science degree, I want to tell you where I believe AI is going. AI written scripts and digitally scanned actors, image and or voice, uh, image and or voice, AI written scripts and digitally scanned actors, image and or voice, both already exist. Some talent agencies are actively recruiting their clients to be scanned right now. You choose the projects and get 75 cents on the dollar. Your digital image can be triple and quadruple booked. So that bodes well for a 10 percenter that let me, let me, let me uh, kind of interpret what she just said. So Tom Cruise, Tom Hanks, any actor can be triple booked. You can be shooting four movies simultaneously is what she's saying that if Tom Cruise were, let's pick on Tom Cruise, the greatest, my my favorite of all the movie stars, the greatest I think movie star actor of our generation. And yeah, actor, go watch, born on the fourth of July, go watch Magnolia. Um he he is next level genius, uh, much more than the action hero that he has completely given himself over to being. But let's go Tom the Toms, Tom Cruise, Tom Hanks. They decide I'm gonna control my likenesses and I'm gonna license them out myself. And, 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 and when we wrap this up, I mean, personality is where we're going to pivot to towards the end of this. So, so as being two of the biggest actor personalities, superstars, they can be triple and quadruple booked or basically movies could be made about them simultaneously without their interaction, having them being scanned and, you know, existing as computer pixels. And of course, if the agent is booking the digital Tom's they're getting the 10% of that. So she says this is this bodes well for the 10%. Or so it's a little bit of a nod to the agencies want this to happen. And again, right, 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 right above, it says both already exist. Some talent agencies are actively recruiting talents to be scanned. She continues, films customized for a viewer is something of concern. Based on viewing history, you're gonna have a customized options for you, the viewer, based on your viewing history history she's saying and that data will have been collected every year you you guys we all know it we all finish watching something on Netflix or whatever streaming service and then it recommends and then it recommends because you watched Barry on HBO here's all the other assassin you know whatever and and because you watched House of Dragon here's all the other fantasy shows they've already got our data history they already they already know what kind of reality programming we lock We, we like the stars we like to watch The action films, do we like big, you know, blockbusters? Do we like, um, you know, documentaries? They already know it. They already know it. And you know it because they tell it to us every single day. Films customized for a viewer based on viewing history, having been collected for many years, actors will have the option to have their image purchased, bought to be used in anything at all. This is Justine Bateman. She knows her stuff. She's been in the business for 40 plus years. Her brother also in the business. Actors will have the option to have their image purchased, bought out, to be used in anything at all. She says, films ordered up by the viewer. For example, I want a film about a panda, a unicorn, who saved... I want to film about a panda and a unicorn who saved the world in a rocket ship. Again, this is Justine Bateman on Twitter, communicating to everyone things that they should be concerned about in regards to where the business is headed. I want to film about a panda and a unicorn who saved the world in a rocket ship. And I want to put Bill Murray in it or, you know, put Tom Hanks, put Tom Cruise. She says, uh, this is the one that really stopped me in my tracks because you know, that's going to be possible. You know what she is saying. Ordered up by viewer. Hey, Siri. Hey, whatever. This is what I want. This is, this is, uh, I, I want, you know, all the Toms. I want Tom Holland, Tom Hanks, uh, and Tom Cruise, you know, uh, in, 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 in one single movie together, uh, on a galaxy far, far away on Mars battling giant robots. And the villain is Charlie's throne. Okay. And, and, and based on what we've seen, do we not think that that's going to be possible? And she's saying, this is on the menu right now. This is the kind of stuff that the studios are considering. Now, I have the youngest kids that I'm involved with in my life are my nephews. And they're the next, next generation of, of the iPhone iPad crowd. And they're even more addicted to them than my kids were. And and it's, it's become an issue at holidays. You know, hey, come on, get the iPad out of your hand. There's presents in front of you that you want to open. And, and I've seen parents, you know, hey, p- put that away. We're opening gifts. I mean, so I'm telling you in the app, in the in the transaction of gift giving, they have to be pulled off their iPads and their iPhones. The youth of today are more and more, uh, especially now that we hand them the iPad, as my friends who have very, very young babies are like, oh, it entertains them and, and it becomes the component that they interact with with a touch screen. You and I didn't have a touch screen. My kids, my kids didn't have a touch screen. My kids did not have iPhones until 11 up. And you're like, well, that's super young. You're completely spoiling them. Yes, guilty, guilty, guilty for all three kids. Guilty, guilty, guilty. Spoiled them. I did. But they didn't have touch screen apparatuses when they were two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 10. Okay. That, that interaction, that interface didn't happen until my kids were 11. Now I know that there are kids who are interfacing it uh, one year, two years old. It is the entertainment capacity. It is it is uh, that th- that it offers, and and the appeasement. You know, we want our kids just, we, we, especially when they're babies. We need a rest. We we, we anything to keep them from crying. E- anything to keep them occupied. So they're more reliant on this and more um, comfortable with the interface. And I've seen my nephews. They are just so much more at ease and have a mastery of technology that their aging uncle. Uncle Rob does not. So, so literally, I've seen in that audience. I believe. Well, in a minute, you're like, wait, I can, you know, especially this next option. I'm building up to this next option. That that option, like, just give me whoever I like right at this moment, in a sci-fi movie, in a fantasy adventure movie, in a racing movie, a Grand Prix. You know, they, they they're going to do that. They're going to do that. They're not going to hesitate. They don't care. Their 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 interface is different than us. Um. This is the crazy stuff. And this is what I believe they're going to completely give themselves over to, like in a heartbeat. Viewers getting digitally scanned themselves. Again, I'm continuing with Justine Bateman's breakdown of what she thinks everyone should be concerned about. Viewers getting digitally scanned themselves and paying extra to have themselves inserted into these custom films. Licensing deals made with the studios. This dovetails into this next point. The, the, The point I just made, viewers getting digitally scanned, you getting digitally scanned, paying extra to have yourself inserted onto these custom films what's the first one you thought of when i said that did mine was star wars well it was also justine bateman's because she continues licensing deals made with the studios so that viewers can order up older films like star wars and put their face on luke skywalker's body and their ex-wife's face on darth vader's you get the picture you get to be luke skywalker you get to save the universe you get to be han solo you get to be superman you get to be tom holland it's you and uh, along along toby mcguire and, and, and um in and Tom Holland or Alex Garfield okay it's you instead you've added yourself you're gonna pick one of those three guys and you're gonna be that guy and be in that movie and you're gonna and it's gonna probably freak you out how lifelike it is that's a big deal these last two viewers getting digitally scanned so that you can put yourself into these movies look I I just know some of my friends some of my giant um I'm, I'm gonna call my 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 pothead buddies they're going to have a blast with this. They are going to get so high and get all the munchies and they're going to scan themselves into whatever, and they are going to have a blast. Hey, maybe they'll scan themselves into basic instincts so that they can be Michael, you know, Michael Douglas, you know, in, in this, in this crazy sex relationship with Glenn Close. We have no idea the kink that, that, that lies ahead. It, you're going to be Indiana Jones. You're going to find the grail. You're going to, you know, save the Ark from the Nazis. This this technology, again, real present, uh, I, I mean, it, it is a danger. It's a danger to livelihoods and opportunities. Her last one is, uh, no, it's not her last one. We're just getting deeper into it. Point number six is training an AI program on an older hit TV series and creating an additional season. Family Ties, for example, has 167 episodes. An AI program can easily be trained on those 167 episodes and create an additional eight season. She says, we shot only seven seasons. I get it. She says, I, AI has to be addressed now or never. I believe this is the last time any labor action will be effective in our business. If we do not make strong rules now, they simply will not notice if we strike in three years, because at this point they will not need us. Basically Humans. She says in addendum, actors, you must have ironclad protection against the AI use of your image and voice in the SAG MBA, or your profession is finished. Demand it from SAG-AFTRA, and do not accept any AMPTP proposal that does not have it. That's the American Cinema, that that uh, producers guild. That's who, who that's who they're up against. Needless to say, no IATSE crew members, no Teamster drivers. And no GGA directors will be needed. At first, these efforts will be run by software project managers. And eventually, even they themselves will not be necessary. Kudos to Justine Bateman for really engaging and uh, pulling pulling the curtain back and letting us know all of what's being considered. And when and when you start to think about it, and, and and you take so many of the topics that she's put on the table, your your mind starts to run. You just mind your mind starts to run away with it. And and I do believe every single thing she says. I believe is deep, deep, deep past research, past beta. I believe they have some of these things that you know some studio exec already scanned himself into the matrix and is 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 Neo and can't believe how great it looks and can't believe how great he, she, they look. Uh, in, in, you know, in their, in their leather duster in the bank, walk on the walls, you know, uh, y- y- using, using all those different crazy, uh, Wachowski moves and, and all that, all that, all that, all that different crazy camera and stunt work. Somebody right now has become John wick Easy. Easy to imagine this. They have said, wow, I look really good. We've seen janky, I'm going to call them janky versions of this already, right? And there are some guys, that guy that does the Tom Cruise and, and, he, and, he, and, he, and he does his scan and then he, I mean, are what I call common folk, non-real, they're not really into stuff. Uh, science fiction they're not into television really they're 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 too busy with their lives they're more business oriented these 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 couple friends that we have but they'll like did you see this on youtube here call it up and they'll show us all of because it just you know they sit around and howl at this stuff they 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 show us the tom cruise fakes the deep fakes they used to call them deep fakes we're not gonna call them that anymore They're, they're gonna be because you know that 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 sounds conspiratorial it's going to be licensed. It's going to be monetized. And your kids are going to absolutely want to put themselves in the Super Mario Brothers movie. And they're going to want to run through Toy Story. Or maybe, you know, there maybe there's going to be, you can already like take a picture of yourself and make a, you know, a Pixar looking version of yourself. Well, you're going to jump in and be in, in a, you know, in, in DreamWorks, Shrek and, 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 and hang out with Donkey and, and Shrek. I mean, you're going to be in a transformers movie. It is endless. You you guys are are going to add on more options than I am, but you get the picture. So this is really fascinating and this is what is at stake for sure. And and again where I believe AI will be not defeated, but it will be somewhat uh, wrangled for lack of a better term is in the personality department. We love stars Netflix knows this. Amazon knows this. Disney knows this. All the major studios. I've had producers, agents. Rob, where's the star? I need the star. Who's the star? America wants star. TV is based on stars, I was told. TV, you know, Kiefer Sutherland, not having the greatest film career, is convinced, had to be convinced, arm behind his back to become Jack Bauer, becomes Jack Bauer, breaks out. It changes everything about his life financially. He becomes uh, wealthy. And and like beyond anything that was being offered to him when he was making, you know, movies and, and getting and getting side roles or or in a buddy in a buddy movie or a buddy comedy a rom com. Suddenly he's Jack Bauer. He's a star. He's getting millions of eyeballs to watch him save the world each and every year. And he's getting a piece of the show. And he's becoming extremely wealthy. His influence is growing. Uh, people more more people in Hollywood want to work with him producers deals what will he do next they want to get in line they want to find out what's next he told an actor buddy of mine you got to get into tv it'll change your life it'll change everything personality driven personality driven the personalities are going to be the ones that direct so much of where this is headed and somebody who you know you don't have to know enough about tom cruise to read how much he controls his image his likeness um he's he's uh Obviously had a ridiculously successful career because he has a strong managerial component to himself to himself, to his own career, to the roles that he plays, the ways the ways that he plays them, the ways that, that he depicts them, who he picks behind the scenes. Why is he making so many movies with Christopher Macquarie? They have a really uh you know important bond. My my son and I went and watched uh Mission Impossible Fallout in a three-hour Session followed a question an hour. Christopher McQuarrie just wanted to keep taking questions, answering people's questions. The guy is freaking genius. Brilliant. His, uh, interactions with Tom, it's almost been 15 years straight from, from developing and then making Jack Reachers to then the mission impossibles to then top gun, which McQuarrie produced, helped, write. You know, some say stepped in and, and, and did additional additional, uh, shooting. I mean, he is, uh, linked with Tom on almost every project. I have, I have a buddy who is doing a movie with Tom and they said, are you comfortable? Ahead of time, I have to let you know, Tom, Christopher McQuarrie will become a part of this. He will inevitably become a part of this. So somebody like a Tom Cruise, somebody like a Tom Hanks um, are going to have, a they're already formulating how they're going to manage the AI version of themselves, the cost and the availability. There's an actor I know very well. He believes uh, in this, Again, limitation of availability, absolute limitation of availability, and 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 you can't have things be that accessible because then people burn out on them. So there's going to be some incredible, uh, just restrictions, limitations put on this by the biggest names who get out in front of it the most. They're going to get out in front of it the most, the and the hardest, drive the best deals, and kind of set the standard because they see what's coming. They are not wallflowers. They are well informed of everything that is coming down the way in regards to how uh, artificial intelligence is going to really kind of take over the the industry as we know it. So seriously, actors have it. Uh, the the they're going to have the best opportunity to wrangle control, uh, and, and set terms and and determine because you know. It'll be easier for them to enforce. Hey, I'm Tom Cruise. You can't put me alongside John Wayne in a remake of, of Rio Bravo. Okay, um, I, I don't approve that, and I'll see you into the into the dirt, and that's not okay. And and he can tie that up and, and prevent that from happening. And and something like that will only exist at best in a bootleg. Okay, and and Eddie Murphy can say, Hey, you're not gonna you know put me in 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 Cleveland uh, in Cleavon's role in Blazing Saddles. That's not gonna happen. They're going to be able to protect their images, protect their likeness. Furthermore, um, just just wrapping up a little of this Justine Bateman stuff because she really came at this really in in in, in intelligently. She uh, did an interview and she said, "On I think because obviously her, t- her Twitter feed got a ton of comments, and and it was uh, became very, uh, you know, the spotlight was turned on it. A lot of people were talking about it. She did a bunch of interviews following up. She says, "I think AI has no place in Hollywood at all." To me, tech should solve problems that the humans have. She says, using chat, GPT or any software that's using AI to write screenplays, using that in place of an actual writer is not solving a problem. We don't have a lack of writers. We do not have a lack of actors. We don't have a lack of directors. We don't have a lack of talent and people. Um, she says, it makes me sad because I feel like, well, it's getting away from us as humans. But she says, but we've been doing a lot of that, right? I mean, plastic surgery all the fillers, the filters, uh, meeting over Zoom instead of in person. Uh, The idea that somebody would take us, I'm sorry, the idea that somebody would use AI to replace human expression, I think is the saddest thing to me. To ask a computer programmer to write a letter that you wanted to write or to write an essay for you or to write a script for you is just like, wow, that's just part of what a human being is. It's to express yourself through writing and art or whatever. That's the saddest thing to me is pulling away from being a human. She says, incredible amounts of money are made off of our work. Incredible profits are made um, from our talents. But what if you can make an even greater profit, the the corporations ask. What if you could get rid of those pesky overhead, um, paying the directors and the actors and the writers and the locations, the production, the post-production. What if you can just get rid of all of it? Can you imagine how much larger your profit will be? That is the road that we are facing, she says. Uh, the entertainment biz- business is not going to do it better. They're just going to do it faster and less expensively. And, uh, you know, she, she makes a comment. I don't know that this is true. She, she speaks with authority on this. She says Lucasfilm scans all their actors. And she says, Star Wars creator, uh, she says of the Star Wars creator, George Lucas's production company that he sold to Disney. I suppose for special effects or the Carrie Fisher role, um, we want to make sure that in case you pass away, we'll still have you. Um, She goes, so that has been going on for quite some time. But the difference now is that AI is so much more advanced. You can take advantage. So you can take advantage of these scans way more completely than you could have even five years ago. So uh, again, you know, Tom Hanks recently made a comment as well. You know, he, he 35 year old Tom Hanks will be available for quite some time to make younger movies of himself he says when i when i'm gone and now now he says that but i believe his estate will have something to say he's not going to just passively pass away and his family's just going to let a bunch of tom hanks movies appear there's not going to be bachelor party two three four you know um there's not going to be splash two three four starring tom hanks um she she supposes wraps up justine bateman says it's, it's like a so it's a if it's a seventy-five-year-old actor and you're de aging them to be thirty, but their body still moves like they're seventy-five years old, I mean, look, I'm I'm not sure that you've accomplished what you set out to accomplish. And of course, that's a direct um, allegory to uh, in relation to the Indiana Jones, Harrison Ford situation that we're all about to encounter when the sequel comes out. The 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 is it the Dial of Destiny? The Dial of Destiny. Look, you know, uh, <clears throat> unusual suspects or usual suspects. Uh, that, that movie, uh, the usual suspects at the end of that movie, when the big reveal happens and, and you guys know what I'm talking about. I'm not going to go any further than that. The end of usual suspects, uh, uh, a movie that is, uh, told semi Rashomon style from different points of view, kind of maybe out of order and we're watching it We're we're, we're it's being kind of told to us by an unreliable narrator. And then at the end, it becomes clear the the level of unreliability and the level of uh, kind of deception that maybe was played on all of us. Do I think a computer can come up with that? I don't. I think that is a beautiful, amazing component of human ingenuity, human talent. Again, getting back to where we we started, and of course, Usual Suspects comes from the genius that is Christopher McQuarrie, who I just you know mentioned is now sewn into the firmament of Tom Cruise's existence. I, I don't believe a computer is going to come up with Christopher McQuarrie's incredible twists in the usual suspects. I don't. You know, you're going to be able to maybe make some adaptations. You're going to be able to, like, like Justine Bateman said, faster and cheaper is what AI is offering these corporations. Great, amazing works talent just like Derek White. You can't get a computer to tell me that you could have anticipated that or that he was capable of that. He just did it. His human spirit uh rose up and 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 achieved that which no one thought could be achieved. I mean it was over. Jimmy Butler just hit three free throws. There's not enough time. I've been there, Derek Fisher made the point four shot and again they had they had already ruled that there you cannot physically with 0.3 on the clock, make a shot and it can't count the computers. The analysts have already said there's no way to inbound the inbound the ball and have the release happen. No matter how fast you set that up. So I don't know why we're surprised with three seconds that the Celtics could indeed make something happen, but that shot missed it bounced. It went just enough towards Derek white that he was able to tap it and move so rapidly. I watched it in live action and the, and I knew it, it made it through. It beat the red light. It re it, it, it beat the buzzer. It was truly the, the buzzer beater of all time. And also like, but Liefeld, you're, 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 you're equating, you know, sports to talents. Um, And, and, and look, I I believe human nature is the, is the, is the uniter here. It, it, it it is the thing. Uh, It it is, it is the, uh, it's, 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 it's the, Human performance is what combines the athletic talent and the, you know, the artistic talent, music. Uh, you know, the AI is trying to imitate singers, and, and I'm, I'm I'm seeing increasing commentary about that as well. And we touched on that in a, in a previous AI episode. But let's take the helmet catch forever for for instance, that the the that David Tyree made. That's you can't there is no helmet catch predictor. There is prior to that, there was no uh statistical equivalent to, to, to statistical uh you know uh opportunity to anticipate a random catch when Eli Manning put that up, David Tyree pinned it to his helmet as he fell and 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 got the what what turned out to be you know the the pivotal moment that that swung that Super Bowl in the direction of 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 the New York Giants. Humans still have something to contribute, still have something to say. I'm gonna tell you right now though in comic books, in comic books, you can maybe and, and do I believe that there's corporations right now. I don't know who they are. I'm not gonna, you know, but my 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 mind wanders And I believe that somewhere, somewhere, maybe it's a firm that is going to do this and bring it to the comic book publisher. Maybe it's not the publishers themselves, but maybe a firm, the same firms. There's all sorts of different firms. Marvel, when you see a cool trailer for a Marvel or a DC comic book that was farmed out to a, you know, uh, uh, a group that goes around saying, we can make these for you. And so uh, do I believe there's a group out there right now that is... Maybe making Jim Lee X-Men comics as close as they can. Todd McFarlane Spider-Man comics, and perhaps, perhaps you'll you'll see a version of that. Maybe a Batman comic. Maybe maybe one of the two publishers perhaps could in the future dance with this. Put it out. See how you feel about it. See how you react to it. Maybe the guts are all AI and the covers are all you know uh, 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 drawn by by real human talent. I don't know. I'm just spitballing but do I believe that someone's going to say, we did this comic in a day? There's your kicker. We did it for a day and it cost the price of the app that we downloaded. We fed this information in for the $18.99 a year or the $24.99 a year, whatever it's costing us, whatever monthly subscription we can make these comics. Yes, that is a concern, but here's the thing. Artists, we are weirdos. We solve problems as storytellers, whether you're the director of a film or the director of the page as now we are focusing on comic books you you solve problems sometimes you want to cheat the page and in that cheat comes some great um stylistic silhouette storytelling you know uh I had to make a deadline I believe it's x four seven or eight whatever cable shoots the lights out I did the reverse of the John Byrne snowstorm which snowstorm which everyone felt completely ripped off when I was a kid if you don't know the story there's a is it four? Is it six, somewhere in between that pages, consecutive pages of just white panels with uh lettering? And it was um, I, I do believe John Byrne was getting one over on everyone and 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 putting the test, the absolute test of his popularity. Um, going, can I get away with this? Because apparently he told everyone, and I've had some Marvel guys back that up that he got paid his full page rate for those. Well, when I did it on X Force, I turned the lights out and I turned everyone into silhouette. And I need to get that book to press. And I figured I can now do this action scene. But my gestures, my layouts, they're some of my favorite. They're absolutely some of my favorite pages. I still have uh, a couple of them. I have not let them go because I favor them that much. And uh, because can I entertain you when everyone is in silhouette, silhouette colored, fully in black, fully shadowed figures? And how am I going to manipulate the design, the layout? The guys that I love are... And have influenced me, have incredible uh, layout and design sense. I'm going to tell you something. You really can't film one of my comic books. And as I get older, and, and I think it's hard to film a Neil Adams comic book, his layout style does not give itself to just pure storyboards. Now, at his apex uh, performance, Frank Miller was combining the very best of kind of cinematic storyboards, but he would also... Throw in giant, splashy images, um, overlapping figures on panels. There was a design element that he had specifically that he would weld alongside that, you know, cinematography, that kind of beat-for-beat action movement. But Neil Adams, Jack Kirby, some of these comics can't be filmed. They're not meant to be filmed. My design sense and the way that I move panels and your eye around a page isn't supposed to be conducive to a camera. It's supposed to be conducive to the page and the page turn and the language that I operate in. And so many guys that I favor and so many guys that I love influence me and do the same. So again, human ingenuity. Look, computers are going to be able to imitate certain things. I've seen some Alex Ross-ish, big, big, big dash and ish on that, uh, paintings. Uh, I have not seen one that fools me. Into thinking it was Alex Ross. They're a little glossy, they're a little plasticky looking, and you're gonna say, but it's gonna improve, it's gonna improve. Well, we'll watch it improve together. And would people buy some of those imitations right now? They would. But again, some some humans are are doing the job. Look, here's the deal. In the last five, six, seven years, there has been a style of cover on on the popular comics, independents, uh, and the big publishers. And and the minute I interacted with this and I saw these. The, the, these these talents doing this, and it started with like with one talent, and then this then this other talent imitated this other talent immediately. And I said to my friend, a lot of you guys know David Hong. David Hong is on uh, the the whatnot show with me that I do a couple times a week. Uh, we we his handle is Key Collectibles. You've seen him on the road with me. If I saw you in in Florida, if I saw you in Arizona, in Texas, in North Carolina, in New York, in Chicago, Dave was alongside of me. I turned to Dave and I said. These depictions, and they're mostly of women, these artists, these talents, whether it's, uh, you know, popular, popular characters from the big, the big companies, they're mostly women. And I said to him, these look like Japanese sex dolls. Okay. If you just heard the brakes screech, okay. On the podcast, I guess I just said Japanese sex dolls. I was shown Japanese sex dolls, uh, about 19 years ago. No, you're like, Liefeld, well, they've been around for 40. Hey, the guy that said, Oh, haven't you seen these at Starbucks po- pulled it up on his laptop? And I'm like, What? There are lifetime, life size blow up dolls. Okay. So if you Google it right now, if you go search it, you're going to go, Liefeld is not talking out of his buttocks. His, his, uh, he, he, he is speaking truth. Japanese sex dolls is the thing, life size. You can, yeah. The, uh, but they have these sex dolls all kind of look similar and the the japanese sex doll brand of sex doll the face the look um it's kind of got a semi anime manga component to it big eyes vacant super vacant look kind of looking off you know but um the 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 you know the face is is really not why i believe these are being ordered uh <laughs> this, this may be where we officially jumped it. Um, but anyway, these covers, I said, these look, these depictions of these characters look like Japanese sex dolls. Well, the Japanese sex doll style of cover is now the freaking rage there. There are, um, just like in fast times, original high and a celebrated movie of my youth. Phoebe Cates is addressing, and I, I, I covered this on an earlier podcast. This, this sequence is so hysterical when when she tells Jennifer Jason Lee as they're sitting in the quad on the opening day of, of the new year of school. She goes, "Oh, and so and so's got the Pat Benatar look. It's a really popular look. So and so, and then they move to from that person to the next person who has the headband and and the, and the certain tights and and the and and the socks worn out worn outside. Uh, the the leg warmers worn outside the socks, and she says, and so and so's adopted the Pat Benatar, and so and so's adopted the, Pat. and and you're seeing t- many artists are adopting the Japanese sex doll cover, and 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 with you know, I, I think I think they're certainly uh, you know, been popular as, as more and more guys and gals and people desire them and produce them, and and. If, if, if uh, some of that, hey, will turn you into a pixelated person, those also are starting to look like that style. So if you were to tell me that right now some guy is, is making those on a computer, I would believe you because they have a sameness. They all look the same, all of those. They're, they're, and, and, and many of them are low angle, low angle for a reason, low angle up shots of the female characters. And they all look Vacant. And they have the big eyes and the tiny nose and the glossy look of the Japanese sex doll. The Japanese sex doll cover is a, uh, is a popular motif, a popular trope in the publishing world right now, all manner. I've seen Kickstarters. I've seen big popular books, independent books. They're all doing this. And if you could tell, and, and right now, some of them look like they were put together by the AI. Some of them look like. Uh, They were, they were created. And in fact, if you go to some of these um, AI art producing apps and you put your prompts in, all you have to do is say some of the artists that do the popular Japanese sex doll look and boom, you get your own Japanese sex doll cover. So it's happening, but those are single images. Those aren't storytelling. But again, I believe that, you know, and, and literally I kid you not, somebody on Facebook was like, Hey, this guy. Is doing the Japanese sex doll. He didn't say that that's my term. He is doing the Japanese sex doll from AI and he's totally taking from this guy who's taking from this guy who's taking from this guy. And like literally, this is where we're living in right now. So, what's the solution? I'm going to tell you when I was hanging out, whether it's AI actors, the writers, the, 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 what I believe, um, and, 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 and literally, here's where I'm going to land this plane. 2018. You, 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 fathers who have daughters, you know, you just, you know, you take your sons to sporting events. You dig that? That's kind of where you you bond so much at a Laker game, at a a Rams game, an NFL game, an NBA game, an MLB game, even hockey. But your daughters they want to see their favorite acts, and so kind of 2017, 2018, I was having a blast because I was the parent taking uh, my daughter and her friends to see the Bruno Mars and the Taylor Swifts and Taylor Swift. In particular, in 2018, is not the mega gigantic live act that she is now. But she was big. She sold out the Rose Bowl three nights straight. That's hard. That's not an arena. That's not the forum. That That's not a small venue. Rose, Rose Bowl is like apex predator status in Southern California. U2 sells out the Rose Bowl, okay? Taylor Swift sells out the Rose Bowl. And in and, and U2 of 10 years ago, sold out the Rose Bowl, okay? Just when, when we saw the Eagles last performance, we saw their first performance when they got back together in 1994 and their last performance when they ended that first hell freezes over tour in February, I believe it was 1995, we went to the Rose bowl. They sold out the Rose bowl again. Now you're talking because you have to, you have to, because the band has to be positioned in a way. So, so some of those seats get blocked off, but you're talking 60, 70,000 people and you're seeing Taylor Swift now go all over and do 70, 80, 100,000 people and sell out. In 2018 I took my daughter and her friends and this last year that same friend, you know, they were in junior high, grew up, and she said, "Hey, I want to take you because you took me, Livy, and took her to where she was going to school and 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 they and and and, and Livy flew and and her friend had a ticket for her and they went and and relived in 2023 what they first experienced in 2018 and they even acknowledged. Now it's so much bigger on Mother's Day when we were going out to uh you know, brunch as a family, she was telling us about it and comparing the 2018. And, and she's like, you know, 2018 Taylor Swift, seeing her live in the Rose Bowl was like the biggest deal. And and yet in 2023, even bigger, even more. And then the Today Show, I saw on the Today Show, um, they have the the, the tail, Taylor Gates, the people who, who park in adjacent parking lots across the street because they can't get into the parking lot where the venue is. And they watched through maybe some of the openings in the stadiums and, and they were showing different different um, uh, stadiums, baseball stadiums, NFL stadiums that have giant carve outs in them that you can actually look in from across the street, from a couple blocks away, from a high rise building adjacent and look down on the giant screen that she's playing on. What is this all about? It's about live events. I think live events are going to continue to be. Uh, or, or going to experience a new level of popularity. Plays, stage plays. There's something I wrote myself, uh, a screenplay that I have believed, uh, especially in these last few months, that could be staged very cheaply. There's no special effects. It's, it's, it's more of a human interest story, but it would entertain you. It's, it's based on the genre. Uh, maybe a one-night show, maybe a weekend worth of shows, live events, Pe- people touching people, people interacting with people, uh is going to be more, a premium is going to be put on that more than ever with everything going on and the mention on this podcast of fake Tom Cruise, fake Tom Hanks, I'm really doing the Tom's a number today. Imagine what it's going to be like to go and see them in person and they realize this and maybe have an intimate venue and, and maybe a, a smaller, because if you've been to Broadway and you've seen some of those shows, they are not all giant venues. They are, you know, smaller venues, the, the, the Moulin Rouge's, the Hamiltons, that stuff, those are in tighter, compact quarters. I think, unfortunately, the price is going to go up just like the Taylor Swift, but the premium for this is going to skyrocket because so much of what we're going to interact with will be fake. Some of these companies are going to break through. They're going to not look back, and they're going to set the standard, and I can do what-ifs all, the, all day long. And then there's going to be the one guy that says, I'm never going to give over to AI to preserve the fact that when you see him, you know it is just him i won't license myself i i i wrote a contract with myself prohibiting me my music whatever from being duplicated um you know uh uh replicated in multiples I'm, there's going to be those guys along with the guys that are, are going to be like you know what i've signed a 10 picture deal with my ai self because i want to see where it goes read that was a, there was a billion dollars on the other other end of that you can justify anything and there will be justifications for the corporations, for the talents who do it just for, as there'll be justifications for people who are like, I want to increase the personal interaction component. And, uh, and that's where it's headed. I think live action, live interaction. I think you're going to see stage plays. I think we're going to, we're going to go backwards. We're literally going to go back to like, you know, plays in the park, uh, gatherings uh, again, concerts are already look at Taylor. Swift. is she going backwards in the world of streaming? Uh, CNN did a whole thing on the 2010s and streaming and how streaming, you know, hurt music, helped music. There was, there was pros, there was cons. It was hard to get a hit out in, in the streaming world and, and, and how YouTube then plays on YouTube, you know, contributed. That's all changed. It's all changing. And, and in the meantime, somebody like a Taylor Swift, a blockbuster act, kind of one of, like, she's a generational talent in the appeal that she has put forth. In, in 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 maximizing her talents the the uh the the albums she's put out the songs that she's made the videos the connection that she has had with her fan base is so unlike anything else i mean you've got miley cyrus who i saw taylor swift in, introduced by miley cyrus hey everyone here's my friend and she's gonna play for you was on, at the mtv music awards like 2007 2006 whenever you know it was back then and now miley cyrus is like well i'm not going to do you know I'm not gonna do concerts. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna do those. That's not my passion. I'm not gonna do that. And you sit there and you go, well, is it because the, the, you can't get the same venues, the same sellout, the same five nights? You know, in in Brooklyn, five nights in Philadelphia, five nights in Southern California. I don't know. I don't know how it all breaks down. But I do believe that live, interpersonal, uh, interactions are going to become. Much more special than they've ever been before, and that is today's take on AI, the future of AI. Thank you to Justine Bateman for putting your thoughts down, for 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 stirring, you know, stirring the consciousness of of all that is coming and all that's being considered, because that is some heavy, stiff stuff. And my kid, I, I know, I know, nephews and and my kids' kids are gonna opt into that stuff anymore. You mean I can be Maverick? You mean I can fly over the base and bomb it? And I and, and I can go through the training and I can beat the system. They're going to do that. That's gonna happen. Hey, as always, thanks for hanging out. Thanks for being part of the discussion. Today had to be said, had to had to dig deeper. We're gonna be be following this AI stuff. It's fascinating, it's incredible. Um, those Japanese sex doll covers are absolutely coming to you from a computer and you know it, and I know it, and there's nothing we can do to stop it. So anyway, hey, uh I just we I I just keep, I keep, I keep trying to make these shores, these shows, I keep trying to make these shows shorter and they keep getting longer. Thank you for listening. Thank you always for listening. You can catch me, uh, you can catch me on social media on. Twitter, I am at Robert Lifeld. I would love for you to follow me on Twitter. I love our interaction, our dialogue, our back and forth at Robert Lifeld, R-O-B-E-R-T-L-I-E-F-E-L-D. The blue checks are gone. Those are a thing of the past, but that is really me. Um, talk at me on Twitter at Robert Lifeld on Instagram. I am at Rob Liefeld, my 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 kind of more familiar moniker, at Rob Lifeld on Instagram. Uh, I share pictures and stories of what I'm working on, what I'm eating, what I'm doing, where I'm traveling, hanging with my family you want to be a part of that, I would so appreciate it. I love reading your comments, your DMs, um, your messages. Thank you for following me on Instagram. I am at Rob Lifeld on Facebook. Woo! Sorry, sorry about that. Just just knocked my uh, knocked my computer. Something good here um, on Facebook. You've seen me use my hands expressively. I I I did a hand lift to be expressive, and it knocked my my laptop. So on Facebook, I am Rob Liefeld. Uh I have a group. I have a group. I I want to direct you to a group, Rob Liefeld, Marvel Extreme and Beyond. A lot of the conversations that we have here continue there. We would love to have you be a part of that. We have art contests. We share comics, collections. Love to see you in Rob Liefeld, Marvel Extreme and Beyond. Either myself or a gentleman named Terry Sala will click you through. That's how you know you're at the right place. That's our group. We want to welcome you. We look forward to seeing you. I am on an app called Whatnot. We have a ton of new stuff coming in the next week. Whatnot, Deadpool, Batterblood, variants, exclusives, all new stuff. Uh, So many new, at least six uh, exclusives that you will only be able to get from me through Whatnot. Sign up on Whatnot. Follow me at Rob Liefeld. Uh, There are so many different exclusive variants. I've already done a Spider-Man exclusive. I've already done a Deadpool New Mutants exclusive. We did a Brigade exclusive. There are Blood Wolf 30th Anniversary a character that I, near and dear to my heart, that I created 30 years ago in 1993. Um, we have exclusives of that uh, of that character, of those comics. We have those on Whatnot. That's that's the only place you're going to be able to get these. Um, Whatnot is increasingly the only place you can get signed anything from me as, as I have really taken, um, speaking of interpersonal, as I tell you how important it is, and I'm not appearing anywhere other than June 10th. Comics TNT Tustin Tunes and Toys is what it's called Tustin Tunes and Toys in Tustin June 10th. I hope to see you there. I hope hope you show up. I'm gonna sign your Deadpool batter Bloods number one for free. But I am really off uh off the circuit. I am not doing shows uh, of all the mini shows that are going on each and every weekend. I'm not going to be there. uh This is this is my hometown store. My hometown crew. We're going to be there for you on June 10th. In the meantime, on whatnot is where you can get signed comics, toys, artwork. Uh, Funko Pops. So follow me on Whatnot. Get ready. We have an avalanche of exclusive um, products coming your way starting in just about a week here. I just am so thankful that you guys uh, have followed my career, have have, uh, given me the career I've had for these past many, I mean, almost four decades. I am doing a private CGC signing, the leading grading company in the entire world. At the end of the summer, I'm flying there to sign all your books that you're you're, you're sending to them, and, and you are sending a lot of books to them. I know this because they tell me every bit, every day. You are sending your New Mutants 98s, your 87s, your Youngblood number ones, your Captain America's, your Snake Eyes, your Avengers number ones, or your random Megaton comics and and, and, and your favorite books that I've done. You're sending them in. Go to the CGC website, go to Rob Liefeld signing click on that link, look, look and see the menu options and get those books to CGC, get them in. Deadpool three is filming right now. As the images come out, it's going to gain so much traction and you're going to be like, why didn't I send my book to CGC? That is at the end of the summer. I think it goes through July, through July that you can send your books in. So I encourage you go to the CGC website, look up Rob Liefeld signing opportunities, get the info and get your books in at the end of every episode. I just wish you all the very best. I want the very best for you. I hope that like me, you are working your stuff out mentally, emotionally, spiritually, physically. And, uh, I hope, I hope you're surrounded by friends and great food and great art. And that is my abbreviated way to give you my, my, my end of show, uh, send off. I did not go back and see if, if, uh, if Howard did the, 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 the <laughs> Howard the Duck's villain is is Mr. Bong. Well, let's do it together right now. I am in a Google. Mr. Bong uh Mr. Bong uh or no no, Dr. Bong. Dr. Bong and and that is from Howard the Duck. Dr. Bong, okay? Uh from Howard the Duck. Oh, Dr. Bong Marvel. I got it, kids. Dr. Bong is a fictional supervillain. This character possesses an advanced knowledge of genetic engineering and his bell-shaped helmet can be struck a number of times. Okay, that was a opponent that they decided was appropriate for Deadpool in the, hey, look, Deadpool's like Mad Magazine phase of his publishing career that I don't enjoy discussing a whole lot. We are building out a great, epic, cool um, version of Deadpool with our Deadpool batter blood saga, and it continues from the saga that started in Bad, Bad Blood. It is out June 7th, batter blood I got it right. It was Dr. Bong that was being corralled to be part of um, Deadpool's borrowed rose gallery. We're building out. We're giving you more villains, more opponents. We're building out the lore. I hope you join us. In the meantime, take care of yourself. Take care of yourself. I will see you back here. Um, We're going to meet again because we are going to most certainly, absolutely, inevitably talk again real soon.